नमस्ते माई हार्ट फेल ग्रेटिट्यूड टू ऑल ऑफ यू फॉर बींग हियर द चोजन प्रेयर टूडे इज अ प्रेयर रिटर्न बाय द मदर ऑन मार्च ट्वेंटी फोर नाइनटीन फोर्टीन एंड इट इज वन कैन से इट इज she had written on march 23 1914 just a day before and these prayers of the mother especially in march when she is traveling when she is on a voyage when she is going to come to india she is going she is traveling towards pondicherry only five more days are left and it is one of the prayers where the mother has hinted on a mission which she has set for herself while while being in india once she reaches india she has a one of her missions she has uh, you can say declared over here and uh, deeply connected to the previous prayer which was you can one can say it is a sequel to the prayer written on march 23rd where the mother has urged us all to become willing optimists and she made a statement that every action has a good and a bad side there is no perfect action which brings good results for all and to want this kind of a you can say super idealistic state where any action done by us will be good for each and everyone will be good for all uh, often leads to a kind of pain and a suffering because it is it is a one can say it is uh, one could take it as a fiction because every action is definitely going to have a good side and a bad side and not only that if we start believing that every action of ours should be good for everybody and my action should not hurt anybody then it not only brings pain but the person who is feeling that also in some way will make the others start suffering so in a nutshell you can't make everybody happy that's what she told us in the last prayer but yes we can always have a good will towards others we can always wish well for others we can always hope that everybody makes the right choice and does the right action so the reason a pessimist sees only the darker side of things and an optimist sees only the brighter side of things is it happens because the divine law has not yet been established on this earth so wrong choices and wrong actions do take place and one can say it is it falls very much in the process of yoga so in this prayer of march 24 1914 which my limited mind gave the title as true attitude in the face of an error the mother talks about that what should we do when we look back and realize that we have made a mistake and what usually happens is that when we end up making a mistake usual the convention is we say sorry we apologize we beg forgiveness and uh, the so called arjunas or the conscientious people they also can often fall into the trap of feeling remorse repentance guilt suffering uh, something that in hindi we call as paschataap you know we start doing a lot of crying and lamenting vilap karne lagte hain so and in the process they lend themselves when we fall into such kind of traps of guilt repenting suffering to the extent of going to self harm also we lend ourselves open to hostile forces even more and uh, there is another kind of reaction that we have okay we have committed a mistake we feel guilty but then we want to make good for that we want to atone for that so atonement and penance it is maybe a shade slightly better than paschata or guilt or remorse because 
uh, atonement or penance, something that we call as prayashchit in Hindi, it is a conscious effort to make turn something that was wrong in us into something good, turning hatred into love or if some wrong has happened through us, we want to atone for that, we want to erase it out by doing something good in place of that. And another thing that people often fall prey to is also, you know, we say, okay, let me forgive myself. Or when the mistake is done by others, we say, we forgive others. Now here one has, though forgiveness is a virtue, one has to be very careful that no kind of self-righteousness creeps into this. You know, when we say, I forgive you, okay, you've done me harm, I forgive you. So somewhere there is a subtle, you know, subtle feeling of, okay, I am greater, so I can forgive you. So I am not, not in that state where I did not make that mistake, yet I am forgiving you. So one has to be very careful about these subtle, subtle feelings that creep in. And also, forgiving, for, forgiving oneself, okay, saying sorry and you know, saying, I am not going to repeat that. And, uh, but again, there is a kind of a evasiveness, you know. You let yourself go too easily. I forgive myself, okay, done with. Okay. So, we are okay with making mistakes, which should not be. So, and another thing that ha often happens is when we make a mistake, we pledge or we tell ourselves, I am not going to repeat this, which is very good. But what happens? we end up repeating it hundreds of times. So, uh, in this prayer, the mother is telling us, clearly revealing in this, that what should we do when we realize that we have made a mistake? And why do mistakes happen? Let us read this prayer. March 24, 1914. So, she's on the ship Kagamaru sailing towards Pondicherry. The result of all my reflections of yesterday is the finding that the only disturbance I experience comes from my fear of not having been or of not being perfectly identified with thy law. And this disturbance comes precisely from the fact that the identification is not complete. For if it were, I could not ask myself whether it is so. And on the other hand, as I know from experience, all disturbance would become impossible for me. But in the face of an error, or blunder. The true thought to have is not to say to oneself, I should have done better, I should have done this instead of that, but rather I was not sufficiently identified with the eternal consciousness. I must strive to realize better this definitive and integral union. Yesterday afternoon, during those long hours of silent contemplation, I understood at last what is meant by true identification with the object of one's thought. I touched this realization as it were, not by achieving a mental state, but simply through steadiness and control of thought. I understood that I would need long, very long hours of contemplation to be able to perfect this realization. This is one of the things I expect from the journey to India. If indeed thou dost consider it useful for thy service, Lord. My progress is slow, very slow. But I hope that in compensation, it may be lasting and free from all fluctuation. Grant 
that I may accomplish my mission, that I may help in thy integral manifestation. If you look at the beginning of the prayer, she's talking of the disturbance that she is feeling. And she's realizing why she is disturbed. On the path of integral yoga, any disturbance is actually a sign of some lack in our being. Something is lacking in our being. And we may have a very sincere aspiration, but often we find that that sincere aspiration gets mixed up and different shades of, you know, different shades of our being start camouflaging that aspiration. At one point, it may be very strong. But over few days or over few months, we find that it fizzles out. So spiritual events can be seemingly very deceptive. A defeat may act as a springboard for us. And it may pave the way where we realize where we can see how inflated our ego was. And it may become the primer for our own victory, the moment we realize that. So a defeat, seemingly defeat, may be actually something that pushes you strongly on the path further. On the other hand, a victory, uh, you can say a sudden exalted state of consciousness, a vision, an experience, you know, may end up, may bloat us up, may bloat up our ego, may inflate it further. And we may give in to complacency or we may give in to some tamasic repose. You know, I have achieved this victory. The Lord is kind to me. And, uh, you know, I have a personal relationship with the Lord. And in the process, what happens is we start moving backwards. So on the path of yoga, just like a disturbance is a sure sign of something lacking in us, so what is the sure sign of the real progress that is happening in us? And on the path of yoga, the only sure sign of progress is actually a complete lack of disturbance, just the reverse, in the being and an unshakable peace and silence. And this comes only when the identification with the divine law is complete or we are actually move, moving or we are sincerely, very sincerely aspiring towards that complete identification. If the identification is not complete, the disturbances indicate to us it's not complete. So if I make a mistake and if I start lamenting about it and cribbing and crying over it, it tells something about me. If I get so hooked up on the mistake, you know, and I get so disturbed and I start, start suffering and I am full of remorse and self-reproach. And so it tells something to me, it is an indication for me that the identification is not complete. And the moment we realize and this realization makes us move towards it gives a push to us. It gives a push to us that leave that now. And it had a purpose to serve and now you move forward. The mother once said, the moment you feel unhappy, you can ride beneath it. I am not sincere. Her words. So if one is very sincere, the aspiration is very sincere, one starts feeling an uneasiness, a terrible unease one feels in the heart and this unease is a pointer. It tells you that there is some falsehood lurking which is not in sync with your psychic being. And the psychic being always wants to be in perfect alignment and it knows how. And why this unease comes is because the psychic is now, the aspiration is getting clouded and there there is an unease one starts feeling and there is a kind of a spontaneity in the psychic action. This psychic spontaneity, it tells you we don't even feel the disturbance. 
we know what is to be done and we do it this is the beauty of the psychic being when the psychic being is very active and it is placed in front of us the moment it gets clouded or some other thoughts or some other vital spontaneity or the mental spontaneity they start taking over then we start feeling this disturbance then there is a haziness or the cloudiness comes but through the psychic being the psychic spontaneity is so spontaneous that you don't even think whether you are making a mistake whether this is the right choice whether you should do this or that and that is what the mother is talking about in the first part but is it easy is it easy to realize this so she says in the first part the result of all my reflections of yesterday she is referring to the reflections she had the day before is the finding that the only disturbance i experience comes from my fear of not having been or of not being perfectly identified with that thy law so she has identified there is a disturbance and she has been able to identify why this disturbance is there because the identification is not complete and the mother used to experience this kind of an unease and this kind of a disturbance from a very young age when she was a child 5 6 7 years maybe you know any time somebody would tell in fact once her brother matthew had told her they had done something or uh, you know he had asked her to do something and he told her please don't tell anybody don't tell anybody and she felt a terrible unease you know she was only 6 or 7 years old at that time she felt a terrible unease within her and she knew that this is falsehood you know trying to hide something from others it was not in sync with her psychic being and she goes on to say and this disturbance comes precisely from the fact that the identification is not complete for if it were i could not ask myself whether it is so and on the other hand as i know from experience all disturbances would become impossible for us so she would say that whenever i don't feel this unease and i do things spontaneously without feeling any unease i know that there is no disturbance and at that time i don't even think whether it is right or wrong i just do it so the dilemmas over choices and the other turmoils attached to those choices comes actually when the psychic is not in front or there is so much of a vital excitement or vital spontaneity and the mental spontaneity that they take over and all these moras of mental dogmas that we have you know this is right this is wrong this we should not do this is not to be done so all these mental dogmas uh, would not be there would not be able to affect us if we feel the psychic spontaneity then we don't feel any disturbance the problem comes when these disturbances they actually start diluting the aspiration the psychic being is where it is it is always aligned with the divine it is always aligned with the divine law problem comes when our aspiration starts wavering because of the mis- mixtures that are creeping into us so there are lapses there are periods of darkness there are periods of also illumination but one has to be very careful in the periods of darkness as well as in the periods of illumination so if we start looking only at the darker side and we start lamenting or if we start rejoicing by looking at the illuminations that itself shows us that yet the conformity with the divine law is not there the equanimity comes only when we are completely identified with the divine law she says now here she comes to the main point but in the face of an error or blunder the true thought to have is not to say to oneself i should have done better i should have done this instead of that but rather i was not sufficiently identified with the eternal consciousness i must strive to realize better the definitive and integral union so our mental dogmas or you know moral the sense of morality it often prods us into feeling that this is right and this is not wrong 
so she is saying that one should not give in to those kind of things in the face of an error when one has one looks back and sees that one has committed an error the thing is not to tell ki i should have done this or i should have done that you know if i had done this i would not have made this mistake i would have had some other result so one the the you can say the mental thoughts too many thoughts start crowding and morality this is not good this is bad i should not have done this this should not be done rather one should say that i was not completely identified but is saying this enough no but it is a pointer for you to strive harder to identify with that consciousness which will make you make, make you one with the divine law which will make you realize what the divine expects you to do mental rules bind us they trap us and they also make us see problems where there are none some mistake we do and we start calculating or we start contemplating what kind of terrible repercussions are in store for us they may not be so but we have lent ourselves to that we start thinking about those things now arjuna is caught in his morality he knows he is thinking that you know war is there how can i fight with bhishma or dronacharya who is my guru i love them and all he is in that dilemma his morality is not making him see that but the moment why shri krishna had to explain to him so in with giving so many examples through and through finally to do what once he is identified with the krishna consciousness there is no doubt in his mind and then he is able to take the action which krishna wants him to take you know initially he krishna is his best friend he could have just told he could have just believed krishna no he could have said you are telling me to kill or you are going to asking me to fight i'll fight but his what are the things which are going on inside him he is questioning and he is questioning he is suffering he is feeling the pain because he is still under the influence of moral dogmas mental you can say the moras of mental dogmas that he has been conventions that he has been brought up with and he considers it sinful the moment the identification with krishna consciousness consciousness is there he is at peace he takes the action and he offers that action to the lord in the lord has also said sarva dharmana parityaje you know come to me leave everything to me i'll take care of everything you do the act and you offer it to me even if it is worse for you at that time i'll make sure that the best comes out of it and this is the pratigya this is the pledge that krishna has given to all of us the mother once said that when we act we must ask ourselves before every action we must definitely ask ourselves is this what the divine wants me to do and it is so much easier for us because we have the mother we can always put it to her mother is this something that you want me to do and shri aurobindo has also told us time and again that never hide anything from the mother never do anything which you know that the mother is not going to approve of so in the face when we have to act or when we have to do something we put it to the divine trying to connect to the highest consciousness within us which is at that moment and we offer it to her and in spite of that if we feel that the turmoil is not going then again it means that we were not honest in telling the mother everything we were hiding something from her or we were trying to camouflage it with by giving you know very sweet and convincing reasons there was a person who a disciple who stayed in the ashram and uh, he had done something which he realized he should not have done and he had to go and meet the mother so and he doesn't want to tell the mother this and he wants to hide it so he goes to the mother and uh, he convinces himself 
uh, that okay it's okay this happened through me and all but there was a reason why i did it and he goes to in front of the mother whatever he had to discuss with the mother he discusses and even before the mother he is able to convince himself and jo unko kaam karna tha wo karke wo wapas aa jate but then again he feels that unease and next time also he goes to the mother he does not confess he doesn't tell her anything he goes back so this happens quite a few times and then finally he is not able to take it he goes straight up front to the mother and tells mother i should have told you this i have done this i should not have done this and the mother very sweetly uh, she tells him you know the first time you came to me and you were discussing i could see that falsehood peeping from behind you so this is how she sees and the moment she sees it and she sees you you can be very sure that ultimately you will end up telling her also and uh, then he feels very much at calm and peace and unfailing mantra which the mother has given us is that don't try to please yourself and don't try to please others try to please only the divine and here i would like to read out something beautiful written by mother teresa on the same lines it's called final analysis she says people are often unreasonable illogical and self-centered forgive them anyway if you are kind people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives be kind anyway if you are successful you will win some false friends and some true friends succeed anyway if you are honest and frank people may cheat you be honest and frank anyway when you spend years building someone could destroy overnight build anyway if you find serenity and happiness they may be jealous be happy anyway the good you do today people will often forget tomorrow do good anyway give the world your best anyway you see in the final analysis it was it is between you and god it was never between you and them anyway and uh, mother is talking of that the identification she could realize that the identification is not complete her identification with what the divine wants her to do is not complete so how to do it how to go towards this identification she is showing us the way also yesterday afternoon during those long hours of silent contemplation i understood at last what is meant by true identification with the object of one's thought so the mother has time and again said in many of her prayers she has said that reflection and contemplation are not enough you have to also do the work which the divine wants you to do work is of prime importance but she has talked again and again also of not giving up reflection and contemplation they are they are tools which will help you in identifying with the highest within yourself it's a tool which has been given to you reflection and contemplation and here she is saying during those long hours of silent contemplation it takes time and when one is contemplating reflecting it doesn't go in waste they always make an opening within you to see with clarity what is lacking within you and it takes time i understood at last what is meant by true identification with the object of one's thought i touched this realization as it were not by achieving a mental state but simply through steadiness and control of thought mental state means moral values moral thoughts mental confusions that are there so she says i cannot achieve this through that i can only achieve it through steadiness and control of thought and here our moral uh, notions you know 
prevent us from identifying us with the divine consciousness so she says that it is not by morality or by mental twists and turns that you can see but through thought control and here she is directly in fact she is giving us a crash course one can say the simplest crash crash course in dynamic meditation there is a kind of contemplation there is a kind of meditation we do we go into that meditation and we come out as it is koi farak nahi pada and we go on to our routine things the same old things that we were doing we start doing those so while we were doing that meditation we felt calm but once we come out no changes happened within us so this is passive meditation and the dynamic meditation is when you go into a meditation or a contemplative state and you come out a changed person something that needs to change within you you have been able to identify you have been able to spot a something is troubling you you find the answer to that that is dynamic meditation so here it is a simplest one can say simplest crash course in dynamic meditation a full package short package that mother has given us over here in these lines and uh, she has time and again talked of the mental culture and this is what she means by it that with utter sincerity of aspiration you can go into a state where there is a complete lack of disturbance there is no disturbance and when you combine this lack of disturbance with steadiness and thought control then that becomes a very dynamic process of identifying oneself with the object of one's thought here the identification is with the divine law so this is one of the best and the you can say the most effective ways where you can make yourself identify with what the divine wants you to do see ultimately contemplation reflection will always tell us what is lacking within us why it should tell us what is lacking within us why should it be so it is only because we are meant to be the instruments of the divine and through us the divine mother wants us to work for the divine for the divine manifestation i am just an aggregate in space and time but through me some work has to be done and for that work i need to identify the with the divine law i need to understand it very well and that is why reflection contemplation is important and coupled with steadiness and thought control because once we have thought control we will always be able to push ourselves into doing once we have realized into that kind of an action which the divine wants us to do and in in spite of dilemmas and in spite of turbulences this is the the reflection the contemplation would also tell us something will prick you and something will tell you that if i am not doing something right it will tell me if i am deviating from the path it will tell me if i am bloating up my ego it will tell me so this is the beauty of the mental culture it and this has to become stronger and stronger so and this practice the mother says this practice if we do enough if we do it enough number of time regularly slowly the whole field of thought will become very calm it will fall silent and only that will flow, flow through us which will be in alignment with the divine law uh, gautam buddha when he left his wife yashodra and son rahul and he moved on they were sleeping at that time you know if we look at it in a very conventional way bura kiya you know he left his wife and child sleeping and he went off you know he he was He, he was a family man he should have taken care of them but his calling he he was he had somehow overcome that his if we look or if we judge gautam buddha's life with moral dogmas and mental conceptions to unhone bahut galat kiya but his calling was different had he not taken that step and had he not taken that step in that you know that moment Uh, we would not we would would have missed out on so many nice things which buddha has told and the world would have been a different place it would have still been very dark 
स्वामी विवेकानंद इज अ वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग स्टोरी स्वामी विवेकानंद वॉज हिज फैमिली बैकग्राउंड ही वॉज नॉट फ्रॉम अ वेरी वेल टू डू फैमिली एंड ऑलवेज देर वॉज शॉर्टेज ऑफ मनी एंड ही टू यू नो एट वन पॉइंट ऑफ टाइम वन कुड से बुरा किया हिज सिस्टर एंड मदर वर इन पेन्यूरी दे वर इन डीप नीड ऑफ मनी एंड ऑल सो वंस ही गोज टू राम कृष्ण श्री राम कृष्ण परमहंस एंड ही टेल्स आई नीड मनी वॉट टू डू सो ही कन्फ्यूज एंड एट दैट टाइम ही वॉज स्टिल एग्नोस्टिक ही स्टिल यू नो ही वुड गो ऑन क्वेश्चनिंग श्री रामकृष्ण आई डोंट बिलीव इन गॉड यू शो मी वेर इज यू आई कैंट सी हिम आई डोंट बिलीव सो ही वॉज इन दैट काइंड ऑफ स्टेट सो श्री रामकृष्ण He tells him, "You go to Ma Kali, you go to the temple, you ask her for money. She'll give you. I know she'll give you." So he goes. He believes, and somehow he has faith in Shri Ramakrishna. He goes to the temple. He prostrates in front of front of Ma Kali. And what can he ask for? He forgets everything. He asks, "What does he ask for?" He asks for knowledge. He asks for light. He forgot all about money. And then he comes back to Shri Ramakrishna, and he says, "Oh, so you told the mother?" मिल गया अब मिल जाएगा ही सज बट आई फॉगॉट टू आस्कर दिस ही सज वॉट यू फॉगॉट वाई डिड आई सेंड यू दैट गो बैक अगेन सो ही गोज अगेन अगेन द सेम थिंग हैपन्स ही प्रोस्ट्रेट्स एंड ही स्टार्ट्स वीपिंग एंड क्राइंग एंड एंड अगेन ही कम्स बैक अगेन ही गेट्स अ टाइट स्कोल्डिंग फ्रॉम श्री रामाकृष्ण द थर्ड टाइम ही गोज ही प्रोस्ट्रेट्स एंड दैट इज ट्रूली द टाइम वेन ही they say that he had a darshan of mahakali but he he realized he internalized the mother within himself and he comes back and uh, then he comes back and he says i can't ask anything from her because she knows she i don't know why i did not ask her but i have found my mother and the joy more than swami vivekananda the joyous state of shri ramakrishna he went around telling everybody naren has found mother mother he has found mother and then he tells uh, swami vivekananda that rest assured your mother and uh, sister will be taken care of they will never suffer from any financial difficulties and he tells ki i when you knew all this this all along didn't you and shri ramakrishna just smiles and tells him so if we look at it our moral Ra, shri rama he abandons sita and what does sita do does she uh, curse him or does she do anything and we talk of women's liberation no? what does she do she she brings up love and kush and she understands why lord rama has done it you know outwardly it may seem very you know very brutal and uh, feminists would you know they would stone shri rama <laughs> but it was not the case uh, our you know the uh, shri rama if sita had not gone to the forest ramayana would not have been completed also so the mother goes on to say that i understand that i would need very long hours of contemplation to be able to perfect this realization so it takes time the mother herself you know had such an enlightened state also she is saying it needs time so it takes time and one has to do it enough and one has to persist one doesn't have to give it up if you give it give it up in the middle again you will be you will have to start from scratch so this is one of the things i expect so beautiful this is one of the things i expect from the journey to india if indeed thou dost consider it useful for thy service lord so all this identification this thought control and you know identifying with the divine law what why is she seeking it is she seeking it for herself this is so touching and moving she is seeking it for herself no she is putting it to the lord let this happen let the identification happen if it is useful for thy work mera kuch nahi hai we want things for ourselves we want to do yoga for ourselves we want to get enlightened we want to have peace of mind we want to have thought control and many times we want to have it we want to move a step forward we we term it as progress you know and uh, with few hours of meditation or coming regularly for whatever you know visiting temples and all we have ye hum to ye karte hain hum to meditation karte hain 
मेरा तो दिन शुरू ही नहीं होता बगैर मेडिटेशन के सो वाई द मदर पुटिंग इन सो मैनी आवर्स ऑफ कॉन्टम्पलेशन वाई शी इज डूइंग इट बिकॉज एंड शी इज ऑफरिंग इट टू द डिवाइन लेट दिस आइडेंटिफिकेशन हैपन इफ दाउ विलेस्ट फॉर योर वर्क एंड वी शुड वी शुड रियली लुक एट अस she is asking for thought control she is asking for control over nature uh, her nature and she is asking for so in, in a very heightened state but for a, others not for herself my progress is slow mother at her state she is saying my progress is slow but i hope that in compensation it may be lasting and free from all fluctuation because this is the supreme goal so any kind of fluctuation any kind of turmoil or you can say ups and downs on the path she is ready to face that she is saying it's okay and she is saying my progress is slow such humility she is yogi yogeshwari she is jagat janani she has mastered the buddhist yoga and she has internalized the yoga of the gita and yet she is saying my progress is slow she is like a tornado yet she is saying this so on the path there will be turbulences there will be ups and downs there will be periods of darkness there will be periods of light but all for a purpose as the vedic rishis they have called it the the nights and the dawns and shri aurobindo has remarked that uh, the nights and the dawns suckling the divine child so they happen to all of us and the greater the darkness the greater is the realization and the greater is the turbulence the greater will be the darkness the greater is the darkness the greater is the realization so one should not uh, when one is facing defeat or when one is facing the heat as they say of experiences and when things are going very wrong and nobody is understanding one should just think that the light is there the mother is always there ultimately why all this is happening you know why this darkness should come why this light should come why the hell should i be you know going undergoing so many things because as the mother says the goal is very high and one should not creep about the turbulences because the divine lord wants to cast us in his own image and this is not an easy task you know if you have to climb the mount everest you can't decide one fine day that i'm going to climb mount everest and move start climbing the mountain no there are years of preparation and training that happens and mountaineers they know this they don't crib that they are doing it so willingly they go through that rigor they go through those tough you know practices those tough climbing exercises but all because they have kept themselves focused on the goal they have to reach the everest they have to reach the summit so rest assured that even in our worst moments the divine is there and he will turn our worst worst situations he will bring out the best out of the worst there is a story i have discussed it earlier also but it is so beautiful the story of malachi it's given in the old testament in chapter 3 malachi was a prophet and he wrote some psalms hum jaise kalam kehte hain in the bible they are called as psalms so there is a psalm in the third chapter of the old testament by malachi and uh, it there were three women there's a story there were three women who were discussing this chapter and while they were discussing this chapter they come across a line which baffles them the line is he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver now they are very foxed they don't know they don't understand the lord is being compared to a silver smith why why should you know and why silver and all these so one of the women one of the ladies she decides to actually go to a silver smith and she goes and watches him so she doesn't tell him why she has come 
she just watches him so what the silver smith does he takes a piece of silver raw silver and he holds it with a pair of tongs and he puts it in right in the center of the flame where the flame is hottest and the woman she tells she's talking to herself in her mind and she says oh so the lord wants us he has put us actually in the hot spot so and then she said but why is it written he will sit so this question she asked the silversmith she says do you have to sit you know all the time while the refining is happening so he the silversmith says not only do i have to sit throughout while i'm holding this i also have to keep my eye constantly on the piece of silver because even a moment of delay in taking it out or even a one moment extra in the fire can damage the silver so not only do i have to sit but i have to have my full attention and eye on that silver on that piece of silver while it is getting refined so now the women they understand that he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver so the lord is constantly with us he is holding us even through our darkest nights even through our most difficult situations he is there holding us and he knows exactly when to pull us out and he will give us only that much of heat that we can bear but when he pulls us out of that fire what are we we are pure silver so there is one last question in the woman's mind and she asked him but how do you know when the silver is fully refined how can you make it out he says oh that is easy just that is very easy when i see my own image in it so this is what the lord is doing with us he wants to cast us in his own image until he has cast us in his own image he will not let us go if roasting is required he will roast us if heat is required he'll give it to us so that is why we through our periods of darkness and difficult times we have to constantly know that the mother is there she is there the lord is there with us they will not, never leave us then the mother she sprain grant that i may accomplish my mission that i may help in thy integral manifestation so this is one of the missions she has said that when she comes to india she wants to have that you know perfect thought control and that perfect identification so and why that i may help in thy integral manifestation now one wonders it is very interesting and it is so beautiful the twin avatars shri arbindo and the mother reaching the same place and the mother is now right now traveling just about to reach pondicherry how the twin avatars with the same goal they reach the same place and here the mother in her all humility she saying may i that i may help in thy integral manifestation she is not saying that let me achieve this <laughs> she may help in thy such humility so all her mission all her goals all her yoga is being offered to the divine and one can say she is the divine mother so it is an offering it is a mission of the divine and the divine herself is putting it to the divine so by the divine and for the divine work let us read this prayer once more the result of all my reflections of yesterday is the finding that the only disturbance i experience comes from my fear of not having been or of not being perfectly identified with thy love and this disturbance comes precisely from the fact that the identification is not complete for if it were i could not ask myself 
whether it is so. And on the other hand, as I know from experience, all disturbance would become impossible for me. But in the face of an error or blunder, the true thought to have is not to say to oneself, I should have done better, I should have done this instead of that. But rather, I was not sufficiently identified with the eternal consciousness. I must strive to realize better this definitive and integral union. Yesterday afternoon, during those long hours of silent contemplation, I understood at last what is meant by true identification with the object of one's thought. I touched this realization as it were, not by achieving a mental state, but simply through steadiness and control of thought. I understood that I would need long, very long hours of contemplation to be able to perfect this realization. This is one of the things I expect from the journey to India. If indeed thou dost consider it useful for thy service, O Lord. My progress is slow, very slow, but I hope that in compensation it may be lasting and free from all fluctuation. Grant that I may accomplish my mission, that I may help in thy integral manifestation.